My mother's people were all coal miners. My father's people were all steel workers. They all worked in the mills. I don't believe in miracles. I believe in Pittsburgh. play for city and country. The city is Pittsburgh, and this is Steelers country. All right, this is Steeler country. I'm your host, Tony. Pittsburgh Steelers advanced to the AFC Divisional Round, defeating the Miami Dolphins 30-12, extending that winning streak now to eight games And I think this was probably the most complete game they played in that eight-game stretch. And how often can you say that about a team that eight games into a winning streak and you're now playing the best football you've played? You know, usually in a streak like this, right, teams will be able to game plan against you or they'll start to take away the things that you like to do, just making it tougher for you to win. It's really been, you know, quite the opposite, right? This is a team now that has finally put it together on offense and defense, playing the style of football that we, I think we kind of expected coming into the season, right? You know, Ben, Bell, and Brown playing in their first playoff game, but Ben, Bell, and Brown really playing in a game where they finally just jumped out to a big lead and just the entire athleticism or talent of that offense was on display very early on. Look, this is not a team, we expected it coming into the season, that this was going to be a team that was going to jump out to big leads and then just hope that the defense doesn't screw it up, right? I mean, that was certainly what a lot of us were saying early in the year. And it really didn't materialize, right? Early on in games, the Steelers offense was not putting up 20, 30 points in the first half, you know, outside of that Chiefs game early in the year, which I think is, you know, the the, the template, right, that, that kind of, if you look back at what was the, the regular season game that was most similar to what we just did to the Miami Dolphins, it was Kansas City, right? Jump out to a big lead, get some turnovers, um, and then just, you know, put them away very early on. That's what happened here. And, you know, if you're, if you're looking at Ben, Bell, and Brown playing in their first playoff game together, this is exactly what you wanted to see. A.B. going with a quick wide receiver, wide receiver screen touchdown, then a quick slant touchdown, um, two spectacular plays by him. You know, the one is he shows some great Le'Veon-like patience to wait for Jesse James to set up that block and then accelerate down the sideline. The second one, the, the defender makes a bad play. He, he tries to jump the route, doesn't get there. A.B. makes a, a great catch, and then that safety, you know, just, again, takes another bad route. Slash didn't want to be in that stadium, didn't want to make a hit, and AB's gone for a touchdown. 14 to nothing, you know, eight minutes into the first quarter of, of the wild card playoffs. And then the very next Steeler drive is all Le'Veon. He carries the ball in every single play of that drive, driving the Steelers down whatever it was, 80 yards, scoring a touchdown. Uh, and this game was over, 20 to nothing. You know, this is this is what you wanted to see offensively. This is what we all said coming into the season. Ben, Bell, and Brown together. It's a very hard combination to defend, and and this was evidence of that, right? But they finally, at the right time, you know, you want to do this in the playoffs, put it all together, and this was it was all on display. Defensively, look, this was a this was it's been weird to be to do this podcast for the past eight weeks, right? Because as a Steeler fan, right, if you if you listen to Steeler media or if you listen to the media outside of Pittsburgh and outside of Steeler fan podcasts, right? The reasons why a lot of people are saying that the Steelers are the only team in the AFC that can really challenge the Patriots 
is not because just of our offense, right? Of course, our offense is a big part of that. But if you if you listen to what they say, it's, well, the Steelers' defense has really taken big strides, and they're really playing much better defensively, and they're a much more balanced team now than they were. But if you listen to us, if you listen to the Steelers' media, it's all, oh, well, you know, this defense is going to be the reason we don't win. And, and you know, you even coming even in this during this eight-game streak, you go back, and you listen to what we said after Baltimore, it's, oh, well, that defense, I mean, they, they the Baltimore ran on us, and that last drive was bad. I mean, you know, this defense, I don't know. And then even last week, and I, you know, I, I don't know if I bought into this as much, but certainly there were, there's this whole dynamic of, well, I know it was a meaningless game, but those were all of our defensive starters, and the Browns, they beat up on us. You know, they ran all over us. You know, just, I mean, look, to me, it's a little ridiculous, that part of it, but, you know, the Steeler media has, and somewhat rightfully so, come down hard on this defense. And now that we're playing the Miami Dolphins, you, know, you look back at that Week 6 game, Jay Ajay running for over 200 yards. That was the Steelers' defense, one of the worst performances, if not the worst performance that they had all season long. And they had to avenge that in this game. And they absolutely did. Look, this was traditional Steeler football. We've talked about all year that this team has kind of morphed into something that's less than traditional Steeler football, right? They, they've There's two things that you can rely on with this defense. It's red zone defense and it's turnovers. Um, and, you know, the, both of those things were on display in this game. Make, make no mistake about it. The, the two Miami field goals came off of drives that kind of stalled out and they kick a field goal. Uh, these are, this has kind of been a staple of this team, right? Yards, not points. As Joe said earlier, we're not going to lose by making team, teams kick field goals. Um, and then big turnovers at big moments, and they got those in this game as well. But this was a game where the Steelers did what traditional Steeler defenses do, which is A, number one, stop the run, and then get at the quarterback. And that's exactly the blueprint that the Steelers used to beat the Miami Dolphins on uh, on a defensive stand. They, first of all, they got to Jay Ajayi early, and they set a tone of physicality early in this game, that they were not going to be bullied around on the offensive line like they were in that first game. They weren't going to take poor angles. They were going to be patient, and they were going to hit the hole when Ajay made his cut, and they were and they were going to attack Ajay uh, in the backfield. And they did both of those things very, very well. It was it was a total team effort to stop him. I'm talking about Stephon Tuitt, Javon Hargrave, uh, James Harrison, Bud Dupree, Ryan Chazier, Lawrence Timmons, that front seven came to play. And I, you, know, you have to take your hat off to two guys here. It's the veteran leadership that is that has made this defense not just a good defense now, but a stable defense. You're not seeing the kind of Jekyll and Hyde performances out of this defense that we sort of saw earlier in the year, right? The, the games against Washington and and. Cincinnati, which were somewhat similar, right, in that they gave up a lot of yards between the 20s, but then you immediately thereafter had uh, the Eagles game, right? And, and it's built around two guys who I think have had a total rejuvenation of their careers. Um, and of course, I'm talking about Lawrence Timmons and James Harrison, both of which had tremendous games in this one. And, and you know, it's, it's that kind of veteran leadership, right? Guys like Lawrence Timmons stepping up, playing as well as he's played. James Harrison stepping up, playing as well as he's played in five, six years, right? These are guys who have been to both Mike Tomlin Super Bowls, so they have been veterans of this defense. They are the veteran leaders of that defense. And then you mix around them all of the youth that we've had, right? And you look at the inconsistencies that this defense had 
in years past, and you look at all the youth that they had on that team. Um, but but James, but at that uh, during that same time, right? James Harrison wasn't playing at this level, and neither was Lawrence Timmons, and they kind of needed other guys to step up. And of course, you know they, the Steelers. This is a defense without a superstar, right? This is a defense that doesn't have the guy. So they have they're they're playing as a unit. They're playing as an eleven man unit, and everybody's got to step up. But they do need that veteran leadership, and they've gotten that this year. Lawrence Timmons has played out of his mind. He's a guy who I talked about, you know, mid season is gonna. This is a guy who's probably playing his last year as a Steeler. I said that mid season. I'm telling you now. I think this. I think the Steelers are gonna resign him. I think they're they're gonna have to bring him back, considering how well he's playing. How do you how do you let him go? How do you let him walk? After this season, I think the same can be said about James Harrison. I mean, I know he's 37 years old, but my God, you know, he's not, this is not a, a situation anymore where it's like, well, James Harrison has to play because the Steelers don't have another good pass rusher. Bull, bull. They, they're playing James Harrison because James Harrison is a top flight linebacker in this league again. He's making tremendous plays and it's, and it was on display in this game. You know, the biggest, to me, the biggest series in this game was not the A-B touchdown with the screen pass or the slant route or even the Le'Veon touchdown when it was every single carry to Le'Veon. The biggest sequence in this game was the Steelers are driving at the end of the first half. The score is 20-6. to And they're inside. They're, they're in to, to Miami territory. They look like they're going to score. Ben throws that interception. And it looked like the Steelers were going to go up either 23 or 27-6 to going into halftime. And instead... He throws the interception. Now Miami takes over. They've got some momentum now. They start to drive. And it looks like, my God, now it looks like this team, this thing could go into halftime at least 20 to 9, which would kind of be okay if you're a Steeler fan. But worst case scenario here is they end up scoring a touchdown. And this thing is 20 to 13 going into halftime. Dolphins get the ball first. And now they've got all the momentum and it's back it's, it's game back on. And what happens? James Harrison gets an unbelievable strip sack. And it's it's classic James Harrison coming unblocked, hitting the blind side of Matt Moore, going for the ball. It's classic James Harrison. Stephon Tuitt right there to jump on the ball. The Steelers get the turnover. It's something that we've been able to rely on from this team. But it's because of guys like James Harrison. It's because of guys like Lawrence Timmons. And then, yes, you sprinkle in the rest of those guys. Look, Ryan Shazier is playing at the top of his game. And we've, we've seen Ryan Shazier becoming a great Steeler linebacker. And in this game, you know, not, not a lot has been said about Bud Dupree for a while, right? He missed half this season. In fact, I think the most people talked about Bud Dupree was the fact that he wasn't playing, right? When you looked at, back at the beginning of this season, everybody's talking about, well, the Steelers have no pass rush. Look at this crappy defense with no pass rush, right? And I kept saying, well, the pass rush was supposed to be Bud, and now he's hurt. So yeah, I mean, there is no pass rush on this team. Um, and you know, a lot of that is due to the fact that Jarvis didn't work out as a, as a pass rusher. Chicolo, you know, late r- round pick, not really a consistent pass rusher. Um, and they're not really going to get consistent pass rush from guys like Cam Hayward and Stephon Tuitt in a 3-4 scheme. You know, those are gap defenders um, and not going not gonna to provide that consistent edge rush. Now Bud Dupree's been healthy. Bud Dupree's been healthy since Cleveland, the first one. He's been in this thing for, what, seven, eight games now? I mean, he's been worked in. He's, I think he's played eight games. But he's really been worked in more and more as we go. He's got five sacks. Five sacks in eight games. I believe that's the most of any linebacker over that span. 
But Dupree has become a consistent edge rusher now, and a, and a fast edge rusher, by the way. If that play where he hit Matt Moore, um, and you know, really should have knocked him out of the game, um, that was a play where Bud du- you could see Bud Dupree's speed and athleticism. Yeah, he hit him in the chin. You know, it was it was a it was a hit to the head of a quarterback, and it, it should have been flagged for fifteen, and that's and that's fine. You know, people calling it a dirty hit. These people don't understand physical football. Um, you know, in a and they don't understand playoff football. Um, you know, this is a game where you know you're, the point of the game is to take down the opponent with the ball. Bud Dupree is running full speed at the quarterback. Um, you know, he he's not he's clearly not trying to go high, uh, but he ends up hitting. He ends up getting underneath the chin. It's a penalty. We take the you know the Steelers took the flag, 15 yards, whatever uh, is what it is. But again, on that play, you can see Bud Dupree's athleticism. You can see the speed, the raw talent that he has. And the reasons why the Steelers took him. And he really, you know, he had his way with Juwan James. This was a classic, you know, as, as this game went on. And again, you know, the Steelers shutting down Jay Ajay, making this, the Dolphins a one-dimensional team. You could start to see the the old, you know, meet you at the quarterback with, uh, with Lamar Woodley and, and James Harrison. Happening again in 2016 with Bud Dupree and James Harrison. You know, Bud Dupree had his way with Juwan James on that right side. Uh, just as... Excuse me. Just as um, James Harrison had his way with the left tackle, Brandon Albert. So this was a, this was a great Steeler performance uh, defensively, and, and you know, give give credit to the Miami Dolphins, right? Because we talked about them last week. They have talent. Matt Moore, yeah, he's the backup. He's probably the best backup in football right now, outside of you know Tony Romo. Um, he he played well. I think he only threw like five incompletions the entire game. Um, he doesn't have the pocket awareness of a Tannehill, right? He's he doesn't have the big playability of a Tannehill. Everything was kind of safe underneath routes. He was getting it to Jarvis Landry a lot, which is smart. It's their best receiver. Um, but, you know, this was this was more a game about the Steeler defense proving itself in a playoff game, in a big moment. And I said, you know, I said throughout this year, I think this team can come together defensively and they can start to play like they did at the end of last season. I think it's I think they're playing even better than they did at the end of last season. Um, I think this is a defense on the rise. It's still young. It's still capable of making dumb mental mistakes. Um, it's you know it's still a team that lacks uh, talent in certain places. I think the one thing in this game that kind of shocked me was William Gay's inability to really cover um, Kenny Stills deep. There was that first play. It was third and thirteen uh, on the, the the Dolphins' first drive. Um, they ran kind of a wheel route with Kenny Kenny Stills, and boy, William Gay could not keep up with with Kenny Stills uh, step for step and. You know, William Gay is a guy who in the last two years has been the Steelers' number one corner. He's now fallen off to not only being not a, not a starting corner, he's now the slot uh, slot corner, the nickel corner, if you will. Um, and he's been playing that position well, but you can very much – you can tell why Tomlin and Butler made the decision to put Artie Burns at the starting position. Um, you know, it just seems to me William Gay's kind of lost a step. He's still a good defender, don't get me wrong. I mean, it's not like teams pick on him – time after time, but you can very much see why the pecking order is now Ross Cockrell, Artie Burns, William Gay. I know I said this was the best game the Steelers have played in this eight-game span, and I certainly think it You know, it was. I mean, if you look at how explosive they were offensively early in this game and how good they were defensively, especially uh, you know early in, and even late in the game, um, this was certainly the best game that they played, but it wasn't, but by no means was this a perfect game of football. Um, and I think you all know where I'm going here. We, you know, we got to talk about Ben. We we got to talk about Ben Roethlisberger, and these. And I'm not talking about the foot injury. I don't care about the foot injury. I think you know, 
Benson Diva, we've said this on this podcast many times, um, as soon as I saw the clip of him walking out in a walking boot, I just thought, this is such BS. Like, we all know Ben's not really hurt. Um, and of course he's not. You know, not only is he not hurt, it's eight hours after he comes out in a walking boot and goes, oh, you know, they, they told me to come out here in a walking boot because, I don't know, I might have hurt my foot on the last play, blah, blah, blah. He just so happened to throw a pick on that last play. I don't know if you remember that. He just he happened to throw a pick. And he, oh, and he happened to blame the injury on Ndamukong Sue. Okay, these are interesting. These are just, yeah, I'm not, like, I'm not saying this is a conspiracy here, but I'm just saying it's interesting that Ben got hurt on a play where he threw an interception and said he got hit by Sue. Now, he actually got hit by Cam Wake. Why would he say it was Sue and not Wake? I don't know. It's interesting. It's interesting. Um, but, but no, so you see him coming out in that walking boot and you're like, all right, you're full of shit, Ben. Like, you're not really hurt. And of course, eight hours after the after he comes out in the walking boot, Ian Rappaport's reporting, oh no, they, the Steelers are saying Ben's fine. Tomlin says, yep, he's fine. He'll practice all week. Not a problem. Um, well, I don't want to talk about Ben's injury. I want to talk about Ben Roethlisberger and the interceptions. The interceptions that he's throwing. I said on this podcast after Buffalo. This season is playing out like an M. Night Shyamalan movie. And that all season long, you thought it was the defense. When really, the Achilles heel of this team was your Hall of Fame quarterback. And I'm not, nothing that has happened since that game has disproved my theory. In fact, it has gotten worse. You know, I talked a lot in that podcast about Ben Roethlisberger on the road and the differences between Ben at home versus Ben on the road. The Steelers have played three consecutive home games, only two of which Ben played in. But in those two games that he did play, he threw four interceptions. This is not winning football in the playoffs. Now, the Steelers have gotten away with this, and that is key, right? Because I think that this team has heart, it has metal, it has what it takes to overcome that kind of thing. Fine. They can overcome that against Baltimore at home. They can overcome that against Buffalo on the road. They can overcome that against Miami at home. But we're playing, we're now in the re, the real playoffs for this team starts. Yes, this was a revenge game for the Steelers. They had gotten their ass kicked by Miami in week six. They gave up 200 rushing yards. They couldn't move the football at all. Ben got hurt in that game and hurt because he was under so much pressure. The defensive line got to them. They weren't able to run the football. They got away from the run. Yada, yada, yada. All of that being said, fine. That is all true. And the Steelers got their revenge in this game. But the level of competition from this point forward is going to take a huge step up. It's going to take a huge leap. We're now going to go to Kansas City. I'm not telling you Kansas City is the who's who of, you know, best teams in the NFL. I think of the teams remaining, you know, Kansas City is, is in the bottom two or three. I think you would put Houston below them, obviously. I, I don't know who I, I don't I think actually maybe Kansas City's just the second worst team left. But this is but this is the final eight. And our Hall of Fame quarterback can't be throwing two interceptions a game. And those are at home. This is when Ben's supposed to be good. You know, I, I forget the stats that I read, but I think Ben had only thrown like two interceptions at home this year before before he played Baltimore. I get look. I get all the excuses that we're going to say about Ben. Well, against Buffalo, yeah, one of them he the guy ran the wrong route and yada yada yada. And against 
against Baltimore. Sure, maybe the guy ran the wrong route again. He threw off his back foot. It was a timing route. He shouldn't be running. Da, 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 da. I don't care. I, here's the thing. I don't care what the excuse is. I'm done with the Ben excuses. He's thrown seven interceptions in his last four games. Tom Brady has thrown two interceptions all season with no excuse. There's no excuse. Look, you, you want to say, oh, well, maybe Eli Rogers ran the wrong route on this one. Maybe Ladarius ran the wrong route. Maybe Ben, maybe, maybe. I don't care. You know, Tom Brady's playing without Rob Gronkowski. He's playing with a new tight end. Martellus Bennett wasn't on the team last year. Malcolm Mitchell, rookie. Chris Hogan wasn't on the team last year. Why doesn't Tom Brady throw those interceptions? Is he just lucky? Is Ben just that unlucky? I don't know. But here's what I will tell you. We're not going to beat Kansas City if, if Ben Roethlisberger throws two interceptions. And I don't care whose fault they are. We're not going to beat Tom Brady and we're not going to beat the New England Patriots in New England if Ben Roethlisberger throws two interceptions. The keys from this point forward to every single game, one word, turnovers. That's it. That's the list, right? This was a team, this was a Steeler team that a year ago did not win a single game when they lost the turnover battle. Not a single game. Now, they have turned that streak around. They have won plenty of games this year where they lost the turnover battle. And I think that that shows the heart and the character of this team absolutely. And I think that they can, that they can play poorly in games and still find a way to win. And I think if they go down against Kansas City early and Kansas City finds a way to score points early, I don't think it by any means buries the Steelers. And the same can be said when they play New England. And if they get past that game and have to play one of these NFC teams, the same can be said in that one, right? They can play poorly early and still fight back. But what I don't think can happen is that is that Ben Roethlisberger digs this team a hole that they have to then dig themselves out of. I don't... I. I this is, a, this is a time now in the season when we need Ben Roethlisberger to be playing the best football he's played all season. You can certainly say that about our defense. You can certainly say that about Le'Veon Bell. You can certainly say that about Antonio Brown. You can certainly say that about the offensive line. All of those things I just mentioned, they're all playing the best football that they've played all year. Ben Roethlisberger is playing the worst football that he's played from a turnover perspective, all year. Seven interceptions and three starts. Four starts, excuse me. It's, it's, it's not winning football at the end of January. So, look, I'm not saying that this team can't win the Super Bowl because of Ben, but I'm saying that if, if he performs the way that he's done the last four games against either Kansas City or New England, it will be the reason we lose. But let's not get into super negative mode. Let's let's talk about the game against Kansas City. This is another uh, this is another rematch. This is another revenge game, but but in the opposite. And it was interesting to hear Le'Veon Bell talk after the Miami game, and when he was asked about Kansas City, he said, "Look, this team, we have to be ready. We have to be ready for Kansas City because all the preparation that we went through this week for Miami, all of those." All of that kind of anger, that pent-up anger that we had about what happened against Miami and the, the reasons why we, that extra motivation we had, the reasons why we stayed late, the reasons why um, you know we played so hard today are going to be the same things that Kansas City is going to do in their preparation for this upcoming game. And the Steelers have to be ready for that. 
this is this is by this is by no means going to be a cakewalk for for the Steelers. Yes, the Steelers have more talent than Kansas City. Yes, they are a better football team. Yes, they whooped on Kansas City the last time we played them. But this is a very different game now, right? If you go back and watch that Kansas City game, I mean, you can almost take nothing out of that game, especially schematically. That was a game much like Miami, this Miami game, that was over before it began. The Steelers jumped out to a 7-0 lead, turnover, 14, another um, another score, 22-0. It's, it's in the second quarter. I mean, this game was completely a 29-0 halftime, right? Now, it's interesting to go back and watch that game because of how different just the Steelers were, right? This is This is game four for the Steelers. This was a game in which... Tomlin called Redemption Sunday. They had just lost to the to the Philadelphia Eagles 34 to 3. They got embarrassed in that game. This was their game to come back and prove to themselves, to the world, that they are not uh this this team that's gonna get blown out every week. But you go back and look at just just the personnel that played in that game. There was no Artie Burns in that game. Jordan Dangerfield started at safety in place of Robert Golden. Sean Davis was still playing nickel corner. Uh, the starting quarterbacks, starting uh, excuse me, starting outside linebackers were Jarvis Jones and Arthur Motes. Shazier was hurt that game. Sammy Coates had a huge game in that game. That was really his breakout game. That's the one where everybody started to say, "Hey, maybe he's not just the the deep threat for the Steelers. Maybe he he can be a an all around number two guy." And now you look at this team. Artie Burns is the starting corner. Sean Davis has been moved from slot to safe to starting safety. William Gay now plays the slot. The starting linebackers for this team are James Harrison and Bud Dupree. Bud Dupree still hurt at that point. James Harrison was logging rotation minutes. Ryan Chazier is, is as healthy as he's been all year and playing at as high a level as he's been playing all year. And Sammy Coates has disappeared from this offense and disappeared because other guys have stepped up. And again, you saw it in this game. You know, I thought it was interesting the personnel that the Steelers used. Sammy Coates was healthy in this game and played a lot on special teams, but he was not involved at all in the passing game. And it wasn't as though the Steelers passed the ball a lot after they got up 20 to nothing or 27 to nothing, right? The offense kind of sputtered from that point. But I thought it was interesting that in the times that they did want to go deep, they used Darius Hayward Bay. Uh, there was the play that I think was called uh, for uh, offsides, and it was very clearly a play action deep to to Darius Hayward Bay, not to Sammy Coates. I thought it was also interesting, though, that they that they chose to dress all six receivers, and I think that that shows the respect that they have for Sammy Coates and his play in the special teams. Special teams is going to play a huge role against Kansas City. Look, Tyreek Hill. Back when we played Tyreek Hill in Week Four, they weren't even the Chiefs weren't even using Tyreek Hill as a wide receiver. He was just a just a kick returner, and then he was kind of a specialty player on offense. He scored a touchdown in that game as a wide receiver. He also scored a touchdown uh, on a punt return in that game that was called back because of a block in the back. But special teams is going to be a big part of this game. And if there is a part of this team that should really worry you more than anything else, especially in this game, it is the play of the special teams. And it's mostly due to the fact that this special, you know, you don't talk normally about special teams being banged up because normally it's a plug and play type of thing. You have a lot of young guys who have been practicing special teams all year. And so whatever dude X is hurt, right? Like Chicolo's hurt. Who cares if Chicolo's hurt? We have a bunch of other Chicolos who can play special teams. But in this case, the Steelers have two guys who are hurt that have really 
made a, an impact on special teams. And those are Robert Golden, the captain of the special teams, and then Vince Williams, who didn't practice all week uh, but did play against the Dolphins. The special teams against the Dolphins was not good. On either side, kick, re- or kick return was terrible, uh, with Toussaint having to take that one out of the back or out of the end zone. Now he made a smart play to take it out of the end zone. Don't get me wrong, but Fitzgerald Toussaint is not a good kick returner. The Steelers need to put someone in that role who who is faster, more agile than Fitzgerald Toussaint. I love Fitzgerald Toussaint as a as a backup running back. I thought he played admirably at the end of last season when both Le'Veon and D'Angelo were hurt. But I, I'd like to see someone like a Sammy Coates or a Demarcus Ayers or. Hell, even Kobe Hamilton was back there uh, two weeks ago. You got to see someone like that back there, someone who just has the ability to break it. You know, Fitzgerald Toussaint is a fine player, but he's not, you know, we're not going to get chunk plays and special teams, and we haven't all year. And then on, on coverage, you know, this this coverage is broke down in this game, and, and they tried a lot of different things. Um, you know, they tried short kicks, they tried a squib kick. They were kicking out. They were trying to kick it out of the back of the end zone. The worst one in this game, the worst of the kick returns, and none of them were spe- spectacular. I think the opening kickoff, uh, or the the kickoff after the opening touchdown, was probably our most successful kick return, in which we only we stopped them at like the we, we kicked it to the fifteen, and we stopped them at like the twenty three or twenty four. You know that's it. That's good. Every other one though was, you know, potentially broken out for a touchdown, including one at the end of the game in which. They did kick it deep, and the guy took it seven, seven, eight yards in, in the back of the end zone, returns it out, and I got to tell you, on the if he cuts to the right at any point there, he's absolutely gone. I mean, the, just a gaping hole on the right side of that special teams on the kick return. Um, and you got to think that not having Vince Williams out there for the entire week to work with that team, a team that was going to play without their captain in Robert Golden, I worry about that aspect of this game. I absolutely worry about the special teams uh, in this game because Tyreek Hill is such a dynamic playmaker. And in a game like this, where we're on the road, we're facing a good team like Kansas City, special teams can make or break you in this game. Field position can make make or break us in this game. Um, And that's going to be an important part. I'm interested to see what Tomlin and Danny Smith do. Look, Danny Smith has been criticized all year for the play of the special teams, and I think rightfully so. You know, Tomlin said in his press conference today, the special teams haven't been special. Look, they haven't been good, I'll tell you that. Um, and I think everybody, it kind of came to light um, when the, with the blocked punt against Baltimore. They, they've had their moments, right? This has not been a team that has been poor on special teams all year, but certainly there have always been aspects of the special teams this year, and I think the most glaring one has been kick return, and that's something they have not been able to fix all year. Even and what's most surprising to me is that they have so much talent there uh, that they're just you know they're just not utilizing in the kick return. I'll be interested to see what they do there. Like I, I don't have a, a solution there other than get Robert Golden healthy because I think when he's healthy, it's a it's a much better unit, a much um, more cohesive unit on special teams. Um, but it's certainly something to keep an eye out for this week because of what a dynamic player Tyreek Hill is, and because of the um, you know the, the struggles that the Steelers had you know, just one week ago now. So something to keep an eye on. And then the other thing about this game, and I, and I said this even in the preview of the first game against the Chiefs, is how similar this game is to the, the game against Philadelphia. And I know no one wants to hear that, right? Because we got killed by Philly. We, we got destroyed 34-3. to 
But this is a very similar team schematically and personnel-wise to what the Eagles do. And this is, this is the team playing in a very hostile environment, just like Philly. This is going to be interesting because it is the ghosts of Philadelphia past all over again for the Steelers, right? There were things exposed in that game that we haven't seen other teams be able to do just because they don't run the same uh, schemes. They don't, they don't have the same personnel, right? But the Chiefs do. The Chiefs and Andy Reid, you know, that is – Doug Peterson is an Andy Reid guy, right? This is a guy who was, who was coaching under uh, Andy Reid at one point. Um, Darren Sproles, Tyreek Hill – uh, Carson Wentz, Alex Smith, right? These are guys. Alex Smith, not a deep, deep thrower. Carson Wentz, everything was underneath, right? These are, you know, these are two defenses that want to get after the quarterback. They want to cause a lot of havoc. Um, they want to get, take you out of your game. And I, you know, it was, I said before the Chiefs game that it was going to be interesting that the Steelers got to do a redo one week after, right? They got to do a redo of the Chiefs game or of the Eagles game one week after. And, you know, boy, did they pass the test, but... As I said, that's not a game that you could just repeat, right? There's no way we're just going to repeat like, oh, we score. We get a turnover, touchdown. We get another turnover, touchdown. We get another touchdown. We get a fourth touchdown in the end of the, uh, at the end of the half, and boom, we're up 29 nothing. Like, it's, it's never that easy, um, and it shouldn't have been that easy, and it won't be that easy again. The Steelers have to grind this one out, and they have to play very uh, – they, they, they have to play defense um, that is – you know, they have to play smart. They have to be – uh, patient on defense. They cannot over-pursue. They cannot allow the cut, the type of cutbacks that we saw. They cannot allow the, the types of uh, big, explosive, short yardage plays that we saw. And by that, I mean the little screen passes, the little dunk passes that, that go from being what should be a three, four-yard gain into a 30 or 40-yard gain. And, and you look at you look to back what, what Zeke did to us against Dallas when we played Dallas, you look back to what Darren Sproles did to us when we played the Eagles, right? These are the kind of things that we cannot let happen. This team has been so good about limiting big plays, even in this game, against a, a, a team that loved to go deep. The Steelers did not allow the big play in this game. They have to continue to do that against Kansas City. Alex Smith isn't going to throw deep balls to Jeremy Macklin all game or Tyreek Hill all game. They might test us a couple times. But this is going to be much more about playing sound, fundamental defense, staying in your lanes, um, tackling well, and uh, and you know just playing sound, fundamental football. This is this is not going to be like an X's and O's. We're going to outsmart Alex Smith type of thing. Alex Smith is the kind of quarterback that likes to get rid of the ball quickly. Um, they like to use a lot of misdirection. Uh, you know, it's going to be this is going to be a game that is um, just about the Steelers' youth not getting too in the moment, not playing, trying to play above themselves um, and you know, making sure that they play within the scheme. It's, again, it's not rocket science here, but when you're playing with a team like, like we are, we have guys like Sean Davis, like, like Artie Burns, um, Bud Dupree, young guys who haven't played in big moments like this. And if that moment gets to them and they try to make a big play, uh, they will be burned in this game. It, it, is, it is that kind of game. So if, there, if there's a thing that worries me going into this game, it's, you know, look, it's, on offense, obviously, it's Ben Roethlisberger and those, and those turnovers. They've got to stop. I think we can, we can rely on Le'Veon Bell. We will continue to rely on Le'Veon Bell. He will continue to get the lion's share of the touches on offense, as he should. On defense, the, it wor- the, the thing that worries me is 
the chunk plays and not necessarily the 50-yard bomb, but I'm much more afraid of the 30-yard run or the 60-yard screen pass or you know those type of plays, the missed tackles, the extension of drives that way, um, the, the kind of over-pursuing for a sack that leads to the big screen play, the big draw. Those are the things I'm worried about. And then on special teams, I'm worried about Tyreek Hill and not just – the, you know, I'm not just worried about the 90-yard punt return for a touchdown or the kick return for a touchdown, but just the kind of field-flipping play that, you know, a 30-yard punt return or a, or a kick return back to midfield. Um, the plays that put you at a disadvantage right away to start a drive um, are, are equally worrying in a game where the Steelers are going to be on the road, um, the crowd noise is going to be there. Uh, they, you know, they have to play. This is a team in Kansas City that can beat you in a lot of different ways. And so, um, look, I, I, this is not going to be an easy game, right? If you're if you're going into Kansas City and you think, oh, the Steelers are just going to blow them out, right? I think you're going to be very surprised by the game you, you, that unfolds on Sunday. I expect this game to look a lot like Denver did last year. And I know we have a lot more talent this year than we did last year against Denver. But uh, look, this is a this is a Kansas City team that number one is going to be better offensively than. Than Denver was, um, and number two, let's not forget they have revenge factor here. We killed them the last time we played them. Um, it's not going to be a game where we're just going to score real quick, boom, 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 and it's game over like Miami was. Um, this is going to be a much more grinded out style. It wouldn't surprise me if if this comes down to the fourth quarter and it's a it's a close game. The Steelers have to close this one out. And what I love about this football team is that they've played that style of game against the likes of Baltimore, against the likes of the, the New York Giants. Uh, they played that way against Cincinnati, right? This team has won those kind of rough-and-tumble, dirty games where not everything is going your way for the entire game. It's not a blowout. It's not a pretty game, but they find a way to win in the end. I expect this game is going to look a lot closer to Baltimore or Cincinnati or the Giants than it is going to be you know, to the, to the way we, we just beat up on the Miami Dolphins. Uh, so... I'll see you guys next week. I hope I hope we're talking about a, um, a big win over the Chiefs and previewing the AFC Championship game. And if that is the case, uh, we'll have Mike and Joe back on to preview uh, what should be you know just a fantastic AFC Championship game. And I really hope we get there because as I've been saying all year, um, you know this is this it, it, it makes sense that this team uh, is finally going to get its chance at New England in the playoffs at full strength. Uh, I, I, actually, let's go over an injury report real quick. Not a lot to talk about injury-wise. You know, not not a lot of bumps and bruises coming out of this game. Um, Sean Davis, you know, was in and out of this game with an, with a shoulder injury. I think he's probably going to be okay. We'll see if you pay attention to practice reports. If he's practicing, he's going to play. If he's not practicing, eh, he might not play. If he doesn't play, uh, it's most likely it would be Jordan Dangerfield. Uh, it's filling in for him at the safety spot. Uh, Ladarius Green remains in the concussion protocol, although he was uh, practicing fully even at the end of last week. Um, I guess he had like a, a minor setback or whatever at the end of the at end of the week. It's why he didn't play against Miami. Uh, I think it's it's much more likely he would play this week against Kansas City. And again, that just adds another uh, factor to that offense. You know, tight end wasn't a huge position against Miami, although you know this game was over before it began. So I wouldn't read into too much of what the offensive game plan was against Miami because again, offensively the game plan was over before it started. Um, other injuries, you know, Le'Veon, according to Tomlin, Le'Veon's just got some, you know, quote, bumps and bruises uh, associated with getting as many carries as he's gotten over this eight-game winning streak. Um, he'll probably be given a day off in practice, but I don't think that's much to worry about. Uh, and really, you know, not not much else 
significant, right? Robert Golden is still hurt. Vince Williams is still hurt. Chicolo is still hurt, right? Those are all special teams guys. You'd love to see them back. Um, but, you know, again, nothing significant outside of those players. it seemed to come out of this game relatively unscathed. Uh, all defensive starters did really outside of Sean Davis. And on the offensive line, there were no real injuries. Wide receiver, no real injuries, right? It's, it's, it's a good time to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. And again, you know, as I'm saying, like, this team, it makes sense for this team to get healthy and finally get its shot at the New England Patriots um, in the AFC Championship game. I'm rooting for it. Everyone's rooting for it, and I want to see it. Uh, so, again, we'll be back next week with Mike and Joe if that happens. If not, uh, we'll do some season-ending podcasts and do some awards, that kind of thing. We'll see you next week. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash SteelerCountry, twitter.com slash SteelerCountryPodcast. No, that's the opposite. I'm an idiot. Facebook.com slash SteelerCountryPodcast, twitter.com slash SteelerCountry. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, search for Steeler Country. We're on there. Subscribe to us. If you want to leave feedback, SteelerCountry at gmail.com is the email address. I'll talk to you next week.